and welcome back to Move the Chains. As always, it's a presentation of the great folks at Doman Building Materials and RBC. It stands for the Royal Bank of Canada, in case you didn't know. Uh, my name is Matt Baker, and uh, today, this episode, um, we're going to talk about a very uh, important an issue uh, that we're proud to try to do our part to help. It's a very, very important issue, especially it's gone to bigger light in the last couple of years with all the unrest and different issues happening, not only here in BC and Canada, but in the United States and across the whole world. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, our team up to end racism program and who better than the regular host of Move the Chains, Ryan Phillips, the Lions new defensive coordinator funny how that works we had this all set hey. and then we made that announcement yes um minutes before um well about an hour or so before we recorded here so just another ex-prominent lion who's become a defensive coordinator somewhere we're glad it's here talking about guys like baron miles mark washington but we'll talk more about that uh, another day um jamie terrace two-time Grey Cup champion with the Lions, former offensive lineman, and uh, still doing his thing, uh, director of community partnerships to talk about such uh, a great cause here for the next half hour. So gentlemen, good to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it too. Um, I'll start with URP because um, we talked about it. Move the Chains has covered a lot of areas. So the last episodes we did involved uh, truth and reconciliation, that great orange shirt initiative we did on September 30th. Um, you know, overall, how uh, proud are you that you've been the spokesperson for this uh, initiative of Move the Chains? Um, anytime that you can make an impact and shed some light on a subject that maybe some people are uncomfortable about, that is definitely still prevalent and still evolving day to day. Um, we definitely want to be proud of it. As long as it's taking a turn of benefit for everyone to be able to feel more comfortable and want to get some more perspective on why, how, and how we can move forward and try to get back to, or I'm not gonna say back to, but try to move forward in the sense of getting better in certain areas where these things still play a big factor, whether that's at home, school, job. Um, these are things that we encounter day to day. And uh, these are things that we encounter as a uh, daily part of our lifestyle. So I'm beyond proud of it. I'm proud to uh, say that people are starting to uh, create more dialogue amongst one another um, and all those uh, different types of platforms. and in their day-to-day -day life. So I'm definitely proud of, you know, the strides that uh, we've taken so far, but I still think that we still haven't reached our ceiling yet. And I think, you know, in the next coming year or so, um, I think we're going to continuously build, move the change, and it's going to continuously make an impact on our immediate community as well as, you know, worldwide. And you're going to be a big part of this new program we're talking about today. Uh, Jamie, um, you've been spearheading this thing. Uh, I think even back in training camp in Kamloops, we started to put uh, the pieces together in terms of announcing it and executing that uh, we officially announced it, I believe uh, prior to our last regular season game, uh, we weren't heading to the playoffs, but it was still a special week in that regard. Um, what, um, what was the main motivation for doing this program? Well, the thing that uh, Team Up Tend Racism, which is the name of the program that we're gonna, that we launched uh, recently and that we're gonna be implementing in the off season here, um, Really, the reason this happened was uh, partly because of uh, what was happening, as Ryan said, in society, the things that we're still seeing today, um, knowing what we know in the be beautiful country of Canada and the wonderful uh, province of British Columbia, um, we still have issues that affect all of us, but in particular, people of color, as it relates to racism, the, the acts are happening here. When you see things like the defacing of the, 
of the Chinatown Lions or the Black Lives Matter movement, the murder of George Floyd, you know, when you see uh, the residential school systems, you know, the the uh, the awareness of the of the discoveries in in Tecumloops, um, you know, you're you're shocked, you're horrified, you're you're um, saddened really by the reality that this is still happening in in 2021 in our community and you're 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 obligated in some ways to do something about it um, as a, as a, someone who's who's white canadian i'm ashamed that this is happening in our community and kind of go back toward um, moving the chains and the motivations for it um, what um how important is it rp to to use our voices i mean uh, we're the one of the older professional sports franchises in BC, if not the oldest, um, it really is important, is it not? Yeah, I think it's beyond important. I mean, the one thing that we can't, you know, take away is the fact that we have a large platform. Um, us being a professional organization, we have the reach to, uh, to be able to reach thousands and thousands of people. And however you can use that platform for the greater good, then I think that's what we should be able to do. Uh, we are an organization that prides ourselves on how we affect community, how we affect, you know, people that support our organizations and players and coaches. And I wouldn't feel right by, you know, not trying to help those same fans and that same community that support us on a game by game basis and not try to help them in any way, shape, form possible that we can as an organization or even just as a coach and as a former player. Um, these issues affect my kids, affect our players, kids um, affect themselves as well. Um, so for us to be able to use our platform, I think it's very important, um, important, not just for the benefit um, of them supporting us as an organization, but for us to return the favor. And we want to be able to do that from a community standpoint. Um, I think the BC Lions have definitely put the best foot forward in that regard. We want to see other, you know, organizations continuously do so as well. And, you know, even if it's catching up to us and, you know, us, you know, kind of combining some things, you know, with some other organizations, that would be great, too. The more people that we can affect, the better. But also, I always say it always starts with one. So if we can change one mind, you know, then at that point, we can let it multiply from there. So I'm definitely, you know, saying proud of the things that we've done as an organization, um, as Move the Change. Um, the support system has been great. And I definitely have been uh, definitely, you know, grateful for everything that everybody has done from an interview standpoint, uh, for people coming on, you know, that we've uh, had uh, on the show as well. Those things have been definitely, uh, you know, beyond, you know, instrumental and making things, you know, saying, get into a better place from this point, hopefully in the future. Jamie, um, why did the BC government want to work uh, with the football club on this? And maybe a chance for you to uh, give a plug to some of the other great sponsors for Team Up Dan Racism. Yeah, well, I think we have such a long history of working and partnering with the, the provincial government uh, and also partnering with the corporations that are um, concerned and, and, and want to impact uh, the community in a positive way. So we're lucky, uh, we've, we've been doing it for so many years. Go back to Louis, when Louis Pasaglia retired um, you know, in, in 2000 and shortly thereafter became the first director of community relations at that time and started, started our first school program, right? And, and so that, you know, that's 21 years ago or 20, 20 years ago and we've been, we've been in the schools working with the government, working with our, our corporate partners to uh, help build better communities in British Columbia. That's been part of our corporate mandate. It's been part of what we stand, stand for as an organization, as Ryan talked about it. And then that's why I'm so proud to, to work for the Lions. So I think that long history there where, the, where obviously 
we're working with the Ministry of Education in particular with this program, and we have a long history of being in the schools. We've we've presented to thousands of students, hundreds of thousands of students in those 20 years across the province of BC, not just here in Vancouver. We're not the Vancouver Lions, we're the BC Lions. And we're mm -hmm. very proud of that. We do road trips, you know, there's gonna be a, a road trip to uh, Kelowna this year uh, in the off season with this program, with Team Up to End Racism. And that's important. We're, we're, we, we are centered here in the lower mainland, but we represent the entire province and we wanna make sure our message gets out to all those people across the province. I think that's very important, obviously, to the provincial government as well. And I think they see the value of um, a professional organization lending its voice to an issue like this. You mentioned Kelowna, a good chance to um, transition into this one. Uh, what has the response been from the actual schools and certain school districts? Um, has it been from province-wide? What's that been like, JT? Well, it's interesting. Uh, when, when we had the announcement uh, just uh, prior to our last uh, regular season game, um, you know, we, we only have 20 Unfortunately, we only have so many resources. We're only able to do 20 presentations with mm -hmm. Team Up uh, this off season. And shortly after our announcement, I got a, a, a note from one of the representatives from the, the government of BC saying, hey, you know, um, should we put this out through our network about the presentations? And I sent back, hey, we're already booked. <laughs> it, it happened that quickly. Like literally, obviously um, there is a need there for this, uh, for this topic to be discussed for this dialogue to happen uh, in our communities and in our schools amongst young people. Uh, th there is a hunger for that dialogue and uh, you know we're gonna play a, a, a small important role in that. So, so yeah, so the response was tremendous. We, we were booked uh, very quickly. We have a waiting list now. And unfortunately, we, the good news is we have, we're gonna um, have this program for at least three years. So some of those schools that we're not gonna get to um, this year, we can get to in subsequent years. Very good. Uh, good, great to hear it filled up uh, quickly. Um, you know, as as someone who remembers being in in elementary school, you know, of course, we learned about bullying, very important. Sex education, very important. Uh, things like that. Um, Jamie, I know I always bug you. I don't want to make you feel old, but you came to my school when I was in the fifth grade. Uh, shout, shout out to Gray <laughs> Elementary in the. In North Delta, when you back then you just came and did the school programs by yourself. Uh, that's how versatile uh, you were. But um, throw this one to RP because where I'm going with this one is how important is it just to have a voice for this issue in the schools? Because again, I don't really remember being taught about this when I was a student. And then RP, you also have two young boys, right? I mean, yep. um, what's that like for you as a father? And you want your kids as well to to kind of know that we're making a difference here? Well, the one thing that I think the schools have a, a way of putting together pieces, and I mean that in saying that when you go to class to class, you have a, a different dynamic. One, kids are supposed to be in there with the willingness to learn. So one, you already have their attention. It's kind of hard to get a kid's attention for a certain amount of time, which we all you know, kind of know as having kids. To keep their attention span and being dialed in, that's already a hardship. So when you can get them in that environment already, I think that's already a plus. Also, you got people from all different backgrounds in one classroom. I mean, people that are raised differently, you know what I'm saying, have different beliefs, faiths, whatever it may be, their household, their background is totally different. So now for you now to put that big melting pot into one actually center of attention, I think at that point now, if you have the attention now of multiple people that also can spread the word in a positive manner. 
So for you to be able to now to grasp those kids in the school setting, I think now is, is, is a huge opportunity for you to now to actually give them some type of education, give them now, you know, some type of dialogue or some type of perspective on the things that's happening in the real world, things that they're going to end up encountering maybe in the next, you know, five, maybe 10 years or some things that they may be encountering now, but they don't know how to open up and talk about. Maybe there's things that they're seeing even at home that they don't know how to open up and talk about because it's uncomfortable. You've now presented an avenue or a path for them now to be able to express themselves and now be able to maybe have some open dialogue, even with you one on one, you know, to be able to talk about some things and so forth. So for me at school, you know, you present a different dynamic. You know, it's different for me to talk about it with my two sons one on one. It's coming from dad. Right. And sometimes I'm be honest, they don't want to hear everything from me. And, <laughs> and that's the hard reality. That's you know, true. No, I might no. think I know everything, but you know what, to be honest, they might want to hear something from TJ Lee, or they might want to hear something from, you know, somebody else that, you know, obviously they might look up to or think is, you know, the best thing going. But with that being said, you know, they're going to receive it differently than it's coming from dad. Oh, here go dad talking again. Oh, here he goes. You know, he's always trying to tell me what to do. And, you know, it's one of those type of deals, right? <laughs> so, you know, with that being said, I feel like, you know, when we go to these schools and we, you know, have an opportunity to talk about something that is near and dear to us, but also affects us on a day-to-day, -day, you know what I'm saying, basis, but also affects our kids and affects the future. I think schools have a definite, you know, different dynamic and they present a different avenue for us to be able to reach these kids and reach some of these, you know, younger youth that are going to become fathers and mothers and adults and people that are going to be in, you know, higher, you know, jobs that may be hiring and, you know, doing some other things that, you know, obviously we want to be able to uh, make an impact on that we're moving towards the right direction. So I think it's very important to have that, especially as a father, you know, like I said, I want somebody else to be able to grasp my, you know, my kids and tell them, you know, some things that, you know, may be able to impact them in a positive manner later on that I might not be able to affect and give them a different perspective outside of mine as well. So that way they could be as well-rounded as possible. So I think the schools play a big factor. And as long as we can, you know, obviously try to relate to uh, one another in that sense and try to work with one another as well, I think, you know, the future is definitely bright in that sense. Hey, RP, wait, wait till your kids become teenagers, then they'll know everything and you'll know nothing. Right? Listen, my 15-year-old right now, right, 15, and I'm telling you, as soon as I open my mouth, I can see his whole face change immediately, <laughs> like immediately. As soon as I say, hey, man, you know, he'd be like, I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to uh, just go ahead and just wait a second because, you know, I, I'm going to get upset and now I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy then, so it's, it is what it is. Well, I just want to piggyback on it, um, what RP was saying there, Matt, because the one thing in all the years that we've been doing this as an organization that I've been involved, the one thing that I, I, I know rings true is that the power in using our players or mm. coaches in our, in our peace case um, as messengers, right, for these important issues is the students, the kids may have heard this from their teacher. They may have heard it from their parent. They may have heard it from their aunt or their uncle or somebody else. Uh, they may have heard it 10 times before, but suddenly they hear it from someone that they have put on a platform and all and, and magically their ears are open for the first time. And that's it's the first time they've actually listened. It's the first time they've actually heard it, even though it has been told to them 10 times before. So I think that's part of the power that I've seen of using our players as messengers to these students in the schools. Very well said. And uh, Jamie, what kind of things about racism will these presentations uh, allow the students to explore? Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, I like think what RP talked about a little bit. It's, it's one, it's having the conversation. It's having the dialogue about, about these topics. For some of those kids, 
that are, are experiencing these things, uh, to have someone of color come and talk about themselves having these same experiences and, and, and better yet, better yet, or worse yet, someone uh, that they look up to, a professional athlete has gone through these same things, has experienced these same things. And they, and here's, and look what they've accomplished, look what they've done. So we're gonna obviously share the stories. It's very, and that, you know, I always find that's the greatest way to connect with anyone is to share your story and for the students to hear the stories of our players uh, and that they can connect with on a personal level. And, and, but then more as it relates to the content, obviously working with the Ministry of Education to talk about racism. What is it? What's individual racism? What's systemic racism? You know, as an adult, I mean, RP and I, Matt, we, we probably struggle with exactly what is systemic racism. We're trying to break that down for, for the students to understand, uh, uh, you know, what is white privilege? Like, what does that mean? You know, what does that look like? Um, microaggressions, that's a huge topic that's thrown out or a word that's now thrown out that I never knew when I was a kid. What is, what is a microaggression? You know, that, that kind of stuff. And then how can, the, how can the students take action? So what does it look like in your school? Why is it important? Or why should it be important to you as a student? And, you know, what can you do about it? What can you do to help? You know, I think that that's kind of what we're going to try and try and cover in the hour that we have with those students. But in the end, opening their ears, opening their eyes to the realities and encouraging them to get engaged and be part of the solution. RP, you talked a bit about it. I mean, the importance of, you know, your kids maybe hearing from somebody else like a TJ Lee. Um, but how important is this representation, you know, mainly having black players talk to the students? I mean, expand on that a little bit too. Um, I think it's very important, one, to, you know, obviously have people of color to be, you know, represented very fully. Um, but I think, obviously, you have to have an even kill. Um, I think I think that's, as, you know, as important. I think it's as important for, you know, to have the the white athlete as well that maybe doesn't know as much or haven't, hasn't encountered as much, you know, be able to have a voice as well. You know, so I think that's the only way we could get the full circle of things. Um, I think it's, you know, it's hard to sit up there and just only talk from my point of view and then, you know, have them only see it from my, you know, from my experience, but also not get the full circle of it where somebody else that maybe doesn't encounter or maybe doesn't see it as much or maybe does, but sees it from a different perspective as maybe being the white male athlete or white woman athlete or whoever else from that, you know, from that standpoint. I think you need to be able to see things in, in a whole full circle. That's a better understanding that we're going to be able to have. It's a better understanding for us to be able to come up with solutions on how we can move forward. So, yes, is it important to have people of color to have their perspective heard and, you know, saying and be able to have a platform to be able to voice their perspective on things? Absolutely. But in full circle, the only way we're going to come up with solutions is for us to do it together. And we have to be able to come in full circle to be able to have that. You got to be able to have uh, the other perspective be heard as well. So then that way, when we come up with solutions or come up with, you know, saying ways to create better dialogue or however we need to combine, you know, saying and work with one another, you got to have it from every shape, you know, saying in every perspective possible. So then that way, you know, we can put our best foot forward in the right direction. And everybody feels like they're being, you know, accountable first off. And secondly, like I said, being heard in a sense where we can get the benefits of where we can't become or where we can get to as a society. That's what makes the Lions uh, unique, maybe compared to most of the other teams in the market is we have black players, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah. And Matt, I just wanted to jump in on that a little bit because it's not, and it was interesting you heard Ryan use the expression people of color because it's very important for this program that it's not just about Black Lives Matter. That, yeah. that is a huge issue and certainly one we're going to talk about, but we've also got the, 
anti-Asian uh, hate hate crimes that have happened in Vancouver. We've got the Indigenous uh, uh, residential school systems and all the all the awareness now about what what is what went on. And so you know you you've got South Asian racism. You've got you've got racism being perpetrated uh, to all kinds of different groups. And we've got to deal with all all people of color. And that's what Ryan said. We have to team up. And I'll admit it as a as a white Canadian, you know, do do I have a voice here? Do I have a role here? But absolutely, you know, one of the PSAs that we did this year, it's not enough to say I'm not racist. What are you doing about it? If you know, if you know it, it's happening, what are you doing to make the situation better? And I think that as a as a white Canadian, that's the question I have to ask myself. But I have to stand with my my brothers of color. And, and show my support, but also look at my own unconscious biases, look at the systems that we operate in and how can we make our hiring practices better at the BC Lions? How can we um, you know, uh, treat everyone with equality in terms of how we're evaluating them with our school systems, with, our, with the jobs that are out there, with, with all those systems that come into play, with loans that people get? I mean, every corporation has to look at their own system of, of of organization and how they operate and say are we is this fair are we are are there opportunities for everyone or are we unconsciously canceling out a certain group without really realizing it because that's part of this as well jamie um explain what went into naming this program uh, team up to end racism tutor the acronym yeah and i think uh, ryan talked uh, touched on this already but i think you know, when I think of a team, it's a group of individuals with different skills. It's a diverse group. You look at a football team, you know, uh, I used to always say I, I was an offensive lineman for most of my career. If we had a whole team of offensive linemen, we wouldn't win many games, right? We, we might win a few contests at the buffet table, but we, we, we wouldn't win any football Maybe. games, right? And, and that's, it takes people of, a, of diverse backgrounds with diverse skills to have success on a team. And then, and so, and, and, and as Ryan said, it's not just one person or it's not just people of color that are gonna, gonna help uh, create a society or a community that is inclusive, that is safe, that is healthy. It's all of us. So we have to come together as a team towards the common goal of ending racism. I think that's where that name came from, Team Up. It's gonna take all of us. You, you mentioned hiring practices and we know the national football league for years has had the Rooney rule um, where teams have to interview one minority actually gets two. Now they have to interview. Do I have that right? Yeah. Um, you know, whether or not that's provided the necessary opportunities, that's who, who knows that's neither here nor there, but we were our peak and attest to this. When I started in 2016, working here, I have to look this up to verify it, but maybe you can help me verify it. I want to say we were the only team in professional football who had um, African American, three African American coordinators. It was Kahari Jones, Mark Washington, and Marcelo Simmons. Do I? I think I have that right. Yeah. That, that yeah. was. Um, so we've made strides in that regard, uh, giving um, coaching opportunities to minorities. <laughs> Yourself just hours ago, RP. Uh, named defensive coordinator. Um, you know, how prideful are you in, in those facts? Anytime that uh, we can, you know, say and try to bridge the gap uh, with opportunity, I think is a great thing. Um, you know, one thing that, you know, is, like you touched on, I think there's certain ways to be able to make change where you now are putting people in more impact roles, whether that's as coordinators, whether that's as coaches, even front office wise. 
I think that's something that gets missed on too. I mean, we're starting to see more minorities get opportunities to be coordinators and so forth. But now, like I said, the next step is now trying to see them in some more front office positions, whether that's as general managers, whether that is as, you know, assistant GMs, you know, try to make an impact in more high power roles, um, you know, but that's also something that, you know, we have to be able to put our best foot in, uh, you know, as minorities as well. A lot of times, sometimes the things I talk to even kids about is every kid can't make it to play professional football. You know, it's just the reality. The percentages are low. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that you still can't make an impact on the game, whether that's from a coaching standpoint, from a front office standpoint, you know, go get your business degree, try to go be a GM, you know, try to go, you know, do something else where if you want to be part of football, playing is not the only avenue for it. You know, I think for us to be able to make strides and so forth, we got to now put ourselves in position now to be also, you know, able to make an impact in some of those other roles that maybe don't get in front of the TV screen all the time, or, you know, they're not always on the commercials and so forth. You know, they don't have the uh, most followers on YouTube <laughs> and things like that. But like I said, be able to now use your brain, you know, and be able to go out there and now make an impact in a different role. So those are the strides now that we want to work towards now, you know, trying to see some more minorities get an opportunity in those other high power positions besides, like I said, the coordinators and so forth. I think those strides have now becoming a whole lot better. That gap has now kind of been filled to some degree. But now, like I said, the head coaching and now going to some of the front office positions, I think that's the things that now we want to take strides on and try to see happen a lot more. But as far as the BC Lions organization, I mean, like I said, even just in 2019, you know, like I said, we had, you know, a head coach, we had an officer coordinator, you know what I'm saying, and so forth. So, you know, like I said, you're starting to see, right. So we're starting to see, yes. Yeah, so like I said, we're starting to see strides take, take place and the BC Lion organization has been great in doing so. Like I said, that's why, you know, that's one of the main reasons that I like, you know what I'm saying, obviously being, or love, should I say, being a part of the uh, this organization. Like I said, they presented an opportunity for me, but other guys along the way, you know what I'm saying, that I've come to know and came into the league with. Some guys, you know, got an opportunity here and branched off and went to other teams as well. But, you know what I'm saying, the cycle has been good. And like I said, it's something I take pride in and I'm beyond grateful to the BC Lions organization for the opportunity they've given to me, but also, you know, people that are just like me and other minorities as well. So like I said, we just want to see everybody else be able to follow along. But I think the standard is that now obviously being set by our own organization. Hopefully everybody else takes notice. Well said. Um, Jamie, you mentioned that uh, you're pretty much chock full as far as presentations, right? But um, if schools would like more information, if schools would want to perhaps get on a wait list or if there's some slots that open or get on it for next year, um, how do they do it? Yeah, they, that, good question, Matt. They can certainly go on our website. We have a dedicated web page for the program. Uh, team up 10 racism and there's an uh, there's a subscription form on there where they can fill it in requesting a presentation we'll put them on our waiting list for for next year and years beyond so we apologize that we are full for this year but we certainly will take your information and put you on our waiting list for next year well we'll do our part on on the the content and digital side to to present a lot of what comes out of these uh, very much looking forward to seeing um, how they go. And heck, I, I might attend one myself. It's, you're it's better. Very... You're better, Matt. We want to yes. see you there. Yeah. Well, well actually, I... maybe not because you're just going to put me to work. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, the other no, thing just... that, that, that I didn't really touch on, but it is amazing to see the, you know, the, the support of the government, but obviously also of the corporate community, like, you know, RBC stepped up, BD stepped up, uh, you know, Westland Insurance stepped up, um, Snowcrest Food stepped up. They all wanted to be part of this, right? Because they saw the need in our community. And, and that's, uh, that's what a, a, tr a partnership is. It's, it's everyone. So we're very proud of that as well. RP, anything else you want to close with? 
But then the last thing for me is, um, like I said, Move the Chains has came a long way. And like I said, it started out as just an idea. And obviously now it's built up to what it is now. And I don't want, you know, anybody to think that we're, you know, stuck or stopping anything that's taking place from that regard. Um, this is something that we wanted to be for the long haul, something that we could continuously, you know, be able to bridge the gap in many different areas. Obviously, these, uh, this is a platform for us to be able to have many more episodes and much more dialogue with all type of other issues that are taking place. And obviously, until we rectify the problem, there are going to be other things that are going to maybe encounter, you know, that we're going to encounter later on as well. So, you know, we want to be able to have this platform, you know, we want to be able to use it as best as possible, you know, obviously for things like team of racism, I mean, to all other avenues, we want to be able to make sure that we have this platform ready to go. So then that way, whenever dialogue needs to take place, we have a platform to do so and it's open and it's free and it's a comfortable environment for everybody. So I'm thankful for you guys in particular. Alex, everybody, like I said, has been a part of Move the Change. It's been great. It's been a great 2021, but 2022 is definitely going to be even greater. Yeah, yeah we're be. lucky to have you, Ryan. I mean, we're, <laughs> yes. we're lucky to have you as an all-star defensive back and safety. And, and more importantly, we're lucky to have you as a leader in our community as well. Appreciate it. Yeah, if only he could have played here one more season to get that uh, all-time interception. Yeah, we, we don't want to talk about that. We right won't now. go there. No, no. I, <laughs> this is, a, this is uh, supposed to be a... <laughs> For sure. I know, I know if I would have caught everything, I would have already had it, but, you know, I, I had yeah. a couple drops, so it's all That's right. why you're a defensive back, Ryan. I mean, if you had caught <laughs> everything, take... you would have been a receiver. You're right. You're right. Most likely. <laughs> Aging Darian Durant. Anyway, uh, gentlemen, um, thank you. Uh, this was excellent, and we look forward to talking about it even more uh, starting off uh, in the new year. Thanks, Matt. Thank Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Move the Chains, as always, a presentation of Do Doman Building Materials and RBC. Thanks, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Impact. What up, RP? Let's turn it up one time. You did. We move the change. You hear what I'm saying? Real players can relate because they the ones that was playing. Be great. Be Just great. wait. We yeah. be really in the field. Really. Now we really on the mic. Speaking truly how we feel. Damn. For real. Yeah. Screaming hut one, hut two. Huh. Tell me what you gon' do. Yeah. Coming off that edge, only way to stop is hoes. Never let the gatekeepers control you. Never. Once you lose your voice, now they definitely know they own you. But not I. Not Rob me. Phillips coming so fly. Pick yeah. six on the way. When that balls in the sky. They say time is money and I wonder why. Now I know that's a goddamn lie. Let's go. Come and get game from the, the chains. Everybody love it when you the chains. Haters hate to see me really do my thing. Move the chains. Move the chains. Let's go. The number one podcast Move the change yeah. to my getting this dough You know how it go Grab you know. a seat and tune in Then tell me what you know Please. Back when T.I.P. said Get it on the flow R.P. was on B.C. Putting on a show yeah. For show For Screaming sure. touchdown Touchdown uh -huh. Everything you want now Fans be the chain gang Game every month every now month. Don't even try to front now These new dudes be something like my son uh, now. Come on, now I'm better than ever The game that we speak Gotta be clever Ball hard no matter the weather I cheese for the picks while I'm counting this cheddar uh -huh. On my mama, boy, I never will let her So you know I gotta get up and run Just come and get game from the Move the chains Everybody love it when you Move the chains Haters hate to see me really Do my thing Move the chains Move the chains Let's go Move the chains The number one podcast Move the chains Do my thing 
Come and get came from the, the chains Everybody love it when you move the chains Haters hate to see me really do my thing Move the chains, move the chains Let's go! Chains. The number one podcast Move the chains Do my thing